sisters, and welcome to the show. This episode is brought to you by Pure Spectrum CBD. Sirak and I have been taking CBD and we are loving it. I'm holding the tincture right now. Talia, can you open your mouth, please? Now? Yeah, I'm going to give you a dosage. <laughs> now, keep it there for 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. While she does that, let me tell you the great benefits of CBD for PCOS. Studies show it reduces cortisol. Mm improves insulin sensitivity, mm -hmm. reduces inflammation. Mm -hmm. You can go to PureSpectrumCBD.com now to order and use the code THESISTERHOOD, one word, at checkout for 20% off. Natalia, hold it for 30 seconds longer while the sisters enjoy the show. <laughs> Welcome to A Sister and Her Mister, a podcast where we show you the real behind the scenes of how we balance the PCOS lifestyle in our marriage, gluten and dairy-free. I'm Talin, your fellow sister and registered dietitian. And I'm Sirak, husband, engineer, and PCOS personal trainer. We're going to make PCOS a little less overwhelming and a lot more fun. Welcome, sisters, to a new episode of A Sister and Her Mister. Me, Talin, and we got another fellow sister here, Andrea Lewis. She is an actress and filmmaker. Maybe most of you know her from Degrassi but she is a prominent filmmaker, actress. Currently, um, she had a press release for her documentary film called Social, Be Social Beauty, which will be coming out in the fall. Thank you, Andrea, for joining us. Thank you, guys. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> We're so excited to have you. And it's really just amazing to see, you know, any woman can have PCOS and sometimes sisters get shocked when they hear that their favorite celebrity even has PCOS. It makes us feel a little less alone in the journey. So thank you so much for opening up and sharing your journey with everyone. Mm -hmm. No, no problem. I mean, I'm, I'm very transparent about it because I think it's like the symptoms for it um, can feel very isolating. So mm -hmm. I've always kind of just made it a thing that I, I'm cool to talk about. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we were just saying before we started recording how like anytime you bring up PCOS, all the women in the room like turn around and like at least one in five or 10 of them say, yeah, I have it too. You know, I have a regular period, this and that. It's like so normal, you know? Yeah, it's, a, it's almost shocking and can sometimes be sad because they don't really know what this thing is necessarily. And, you, and when you like describe it or if you talk about it, they're like, oh, that's me too. And, and you can tell that they genuinely feel like no one else has this thing. And yeah. so that's always why I try to talk about it. Because I'm like, others need to know. There are others for you. Like you can be like, join the club. You can find your tribe. Totally. Yeah. You're not alone in this. And like all of these symptoms that people struggle with, you know, there are ways to resolve them instead of just like pushing them down and ignoring them and just like su silently suffering for years, you know? Yeah. So for you, how did you, uh, like how long ago was it when you discovered your IPCOS and what like kind of triggered you to like look into it and like, f like find out what's going on? Well, okay. So my journey, I guess, with the discovery of it was a kind of long, I, I can, my earliest memory is maybe when I was like 20, 21, I remember not getting my period for the year. But I wasn't sexually active at that time. So I was like, whatever. Like, I just didn't think anything. Like, you're not, you know, because in your head, when you miss a period, it's like, oh, I'm pregnant. And yeah. because I just was like, not doing that. I was like, not pregnant. So I'm fine. Didn't tell anybody really. Didn't even bring it up. Um, and then maybe five or six years later, it wasn't until I was in a relationship and I was living in New York and... Um, I wasn't really getting my period and I was just kind of uncomfortable, like just genuinely uncomfortable. And I remember 
um, my boyfriend at the time was kind of like, well, maybe tell your doctor. And I went and told my doctor and he was just kind of like, well, the next time you get your period, take this birth control. And I just like, didn't get my period. So I was like, well, how's this supposed to work? Because I'm not getting my period if I didn't <laughs> take this birth control. Um, and so from there is where I started to look into what was happening. Um, and it was just really looking online. And that like has a gift and a curse to it because it can feel very scary to look online totally. um, right away. And so my doctor eventually, like maybe three or four months later, I kind of went back to him and was like, I didn't get my period. So what should I do? And he sent me to a couple of like specialists, I guess you could say. And, um, and they just were like, yeah, you have PCOS and um, you probably will have a hard time having a kid and you should probably lose weight. And that was really it. And I went to two different doctors and that was basically their advice, both of them. And so from there, um, from there, I felt like my experience has been kind of extreme. Sometimes I have times when I feel like I'm in control and I'm finding a method. And then I have other times when I feel like I've like just gone down a slide and like took a wrong turn where I'm like, I don't know what has happened to me, but I've like completely lost track of myself. Um, and so it's been a lot of ups and downs. I've also struggled very much with like the anxiety and the depression part of it and just trying to navigate the space as much as possible. Cause I think when you tell people what PCOS is like, especially the symptoms, I, I find people think it's fake or they just don't. Yeah. I know. How do you explain inflammation? Like, Hey, I'm really uncomfortable in my body and I feel like I'm exploding out of my skin. <laughs> yeah. I, I honestly find that they just don't um, get it. So I also get, uh, unfortunately, why some of the doctors or why people are just like, Oh, lose weight because that's what it sounds like. It just sounds like I'm uncomfortable with myself. And so can, can you help me? And they're just like, Oh, stop eating that candy. And you're like, this is not, I'm eating salad. It's not, it's more than that. Like there's something bigger and, and exactly. Yeah. It's hard to describe. I've also had like a lot of gut issues too with it. And I find the gut issues that I, that I think help, or I think they're coming about because of stress. But when I've gone to doctors even for that, it's like as if I have like a mystery diagnosis. It's like you're kind of like something is wrong and they're like, ah, well, maybe stop eating garlic or maybe stop eating onions. And it's not like connecting, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. they're not like they don't connect the dots that like a lot of times weight gain could be a result of some other issues happening with the PCOS. And instead of looking at the root issue, they're just saying lose weight by going on a restrictive diet or something. And then you're making the actual root cause of it worse. So have you looked into underlying issues? Like, have you figured out if you're insulin resistant or maybe your adrenals are off? Well, yeah, I think I'm insulin resistant. I like did the quiz that you had on your um, site. Oh. And that was what kind of like made me think, oh, maybe it's more with the insulin resistance. But I have had moments of extreme fatigue. And, and so I don't know if there's ever like a molding together of some of the symptoms but i feel like sometimes i've had bits of this and that um and you can have a mixture yeah i think the other thing too that i hate about pcos that it's like it's like you can't have any sweets but you're constantly craving sweets i'm always craving like i always i could have a donut every single day girl you have to get on that ovacetol (laughs) yeah that's the thing is it's like the ovacetol has helped me um tremendously but i can also say i'm like it's this weird I, it's like, I think you want comfort food more than anything. That's what I think your body is asking for versus like that it's just sweets. But I think 
your stress is like singing like ding 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 you need something to make you feel better and unfortunately the things that are going to make you feel better like don't that's so that's how i that's how i've treated it totally i understand that feeling what are some of the things that you've done that have helped because i know it's hard to like keep a lifestyle change going it took me like a year to get used to everything i know like you maybe are just starting to like start this healing journey so yeah i'm starting okay so like i said i've had pockets in the last few years where I felt like, oh, I have something here. I have something. And then, but it wouldn't like last. So I'd say that within this year, which is the strangest year ever, but this is the year that I've started to kind of find um, lifestyle changes. So I've been doing the gluten-free. Nice. Um, but that is where it's like, I always tell this to people. I'm like, that is like a, an experimentation journey. Like you have to, it's not just this easy peasy, like I'm going to go gluten free. It's kind of it like time. you have to find the things that work um, because it's like, you know, I was trying some of the gluten free pastas at Trader Joe's and I just didn't like any. And so I was feeling really sad because I was like, oh, I can't eat pasta. Like this sucks. Like, and so, but I really like their bread. And, but then I've been like, in this constant search for the right pancake mix. And it's, but it's, it's like, you have to kind of do those things basically in order to kind of make your lifestyle and your life feel more normal. Um, it's not like you're going crazy and you're just eating all of that stuff all of the time, but you're just being aware that you're like, if say I do want to have a sandwich or if I do want to have pasta or something, I just have to find the one that works for me. Um, and so this has been the year that I've been doing more of that um, experimentation instead of just going cold turkey and, and yes yeah because you can eat and you'll feel bad so I, I can say this in the last little while I feel like I have a terrible relationship with food because I'll feel bad eating yeah. like things that you know like instead of being able to just enjoy something everything is this stress and this worry of like, what well, am I, I gonna that that's eat that's gonna make yeah. me feel upset or that I'm not gonna feel great having that but I'm here with my friends. How do I socialize? You know, it's this yeah. like thing. And luckily living in LA, you have more options and it's not as strange of a lifestyle to say that you're doing, but I mean, you still, you still have people like, it's like tomorrow is my birthday and I ordered a gluten-free cake and I'm like, I was, I'm like prepared for somebody to be like gluten-free. Like what? Why would, Oh, and I'm going to be like, no, but it's going to be good. I swear. I promise. It's gonna be yeah, yeah, they won't be. even know the difference. It will be. Happy, <laughs> happy early birthday to you. Happy too. birthday. Oh, you. How exciting. <laughs> but that's what I mean. Like, I'm like going out of my way to do things that I'm like, I know they're going to help me. But I also recognize that people are not used to making these kind of adjustments. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on once you change your diet. Like you said, like you're trying to find brands you like, the people around you accepting it or not accepting it. Like all of these factors affect how consistent you are and it takes like a whole year or so to really get in the groove of it and find the brands you like and everyone to just get used to you have a different diet it kind of makes it more fun like oh <laughs> everything is like okay like you have to try to find different stuff it's not going to be the same old bread every single time yeah. and then i don't know i like the drama of explaining people what's up you know like it just like ch changes up my day a little bit educate some people yeah i don't mind the experimenting now but i could say in the years prior i i felt more like a burden and so that's why I'm like, it does take you a while to adapt and to start to 
Especially when you're exhausted from trying all these new other things before you've started gluten and dairy free. I'm sure you did a bunch of other things. And then like by the time you reach the point where you're gluten and dairy free, you're just over it, you know? Yeah, you're just like, I don't want to do this. I just don't want to be this person. And I and and you just I honestly I miss the days when I would just eat pizza. I was like, where where did that girl go? But um I realized it's like it's it's not a bad thing. And it, and it is just kind of this slow adjustment. What I'm still adjusting to as well is um, understanding the workouts or like the workouts, whatever they could possibly be for PCOS. Because when I first started, you know, everybody encouraged you to do um, weight training. That was like the big thing. And there's like, I think her name's Jillian Michaels, the person. She has PCOS, yeah. Yeah, like she has PCOS. And so people will be like, well, she has PCOS and look at her, she's ripped. And you're like, oh, I mean, I don't know if that's my lifestyle. But <laughs> nonetheless, it's like, that's what people will kind of encourage. Maybe do weights, maybe this, maybe that. Um, and I was, I love to run. So running was more the thing that I was really enjoying. But in the last year, when I was doing my running, I would like to blow up. Mm. yes yeah nowhere and so I had to stop running because I was like I actually feeling worse like this is not happening the way I think it should be happening um and so now it's been kind of finding a balance of working out like what you guys have been encouraging with the slow workouts but I do think the idea around um taking your time working out is something you have to adjust to because you're so used to fast going really hard or you know and and I think that's a lot of the stuff with PCOS that has been my journey is your mental state like not feeling bad for food or not feeling bad for just wanting to sit down or not having the energy and then also not feeling bad for working out slowly <laughs> like yeah. yeah that's a thing too you're like at the gym and the weight section going slowly and everyone's like <laughs> pumping iron and yeah. running on the treadmill you're like I'm good yeah, you're like, I'm, I think I'm good now. I think I'm okay. And so I, all of that, though, especially, um, especially when you're just talking to somebody who's normal, essentially, right? Like they don't have any of these hormonal, hormonal issues or insulin issues. Um, to kind of explain some of yours just sounds crazy. They like don't even believe you when you're talking. They, yeah, you they have to keep in mind, like everyone has something. Maybe they don't have PCOS. Maybe they're not sharing whatever their issue is. Then you're the only one sharing about your PCOS. So you feel isolated in that moment. Like you have to like think of the big picture. Like you're not the only one going through something, even though in that moment, it totally seems like it because mm -hmm. the other person's like, what the heck? Gluten free. Yeah. Like, it's like you would never respond to that person that way. So you expect them to at least understand. That's right? true. But it's like with PCOS, it's not always there. No, with PCOS, it is, it is very much like this um, thing that people don't understand they, or they've never heard of it. And it affects so many women. So it's so shocking that people are so unaware yeah. um, as to what it is. But I have seen just the such strange responses to it, especially when yeah, when you are trying, like if you really are trying to lose weight and you really are trying to just keep your anxiety at check or your depression at check and people are like, I don't get it. Like you, why, why isn't anything happening? I like look at people completely different now, you know, like if somebody's super skinny, they think they're sick. Now I'm like, mm. no, if they're like overweight, I'm like, there might be something happening. You don't know. Like yeah. just like assume that they're just, I don't know. They could have PCOS. Like they could totally. be trying. Um, because I know for me, that's been just such a, 
I think being comfortable in my body has been my biggest challenge the, the, the whole time is just um, being okay and not letting it affect like my relationships, my friends, my family, just anybody is in my life. Because if you're uncomfortable naturally, you're not really comfortable around others. And I've had those moments where I've been very like, oh, I don't really want to see anybody or I just don't know what to wear or I don't know how to be right now. Yeah. Um, and and I even have it. friends where I've, I've been fortunate. I haven't had many issues with my hair, but I've had a lot of, I have a few friends that have had real issues with their hair yeah. and that has really just affected their confidence. And I think the thing with PCOS that I've seen, that's kind of the commonality, it really affects the confidence of the women. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter what level they have it at. Um, whether they are just remaining really petite or if they don't, but you're just overall, you don't feel right at all. Yeah, yeah, that is true. It's like the, the hair loss and sometimes the hair growth. It's just like so traumatizing. Puts your confidence down and then you don't get help from the doctor because it's just like some doctor, if it's a guy, especially they, they, it's very like tone deaf. And yeah, they don't understand what you're going through. But like the tough part is like when, when it comes to those situations, you want to fix it right away because it's like mm -hmm. so there. But like unfortunately it's like time it's like time based like it's gonna take it's like six to 12 months of actual yeah. consistency to even see like the hairs grow back and stuff like that and meanwhile you're like upset yeah. depressed over the whole situation it's so hard to like get on the wagon mm -hmm. yeah i think that's the challenges it's like um you know you're in it so you have to also be motivated to want to it's like any it's like depression like one of those things with depression is like you have to actually get up and go outside but you're depressed so you're like yeah, I can't get up. <laughs> so I think the same with PCOS. It's like, you're physically not comfortable, but you also have to be like, well, you just have to dedicate this time um, to fixing it. I thought what you said uh, recently about like looking at the scale mm -hmm. was um, this real thing. And, and it was shocking to see the the poll of like how many people really do look at the scale like every single day. But oh, there's yeah. kind of like my an addiction to like negative right like yeah. you can easily know that you're not feeling right and just keep looking at it all of the time um whenever i have a trainer they always recommend like don't look at yourself the whole time you're training like don't look at your body basically like when you're changing if you could just change without looking in the mirror um because you won't notice the changes if you keep looking at your body every single day you're just going to be like really hard on yourself versus if you kind of take a few weeks off and then look at yourself you're going to notice um, and I think the same, whenever I feel really good and then I look on the scale, I'm always disappointed and I'll always be like, oh, okay, so maybe I don't feel as good as I think. And it will change my entire mood. And I realize I'm like, I shouldn't look on the scale. I should just go more based on like a successful day is just feeling good in my body. Totally. That's exact. I don't even weigh myself at this point and I'm PCOS weight loss over here, but like I literally don't weigh myself because what is the point like if i feel okay that's all that matters if i feel bloated if i feel like i'm retaining water or i gain five ten pounds like i'll feel it like i don't need the scale to tell me and i'll do something about it because i don't feel good i want to feel good you know they don't need a yeah. scale to like look back at yeah. me and judge me you know what i mean yeah. totally and yeah so for anyone listening we did a sticker poll what's it called a quiz poll on yeah, instagram, instagram story and we asked like you know, how many of you weigh yourself every day, once a week and so on. And like as many people who said once a week, which was like 2000, 2000 people said every day. Yeah. 
And I was like, oh, like, no. Yeah, because it's yeah. not like a straight shot down or yeah. even thing. Like, it's like like a little graph and it yeah. gradually goes down. It's not like if you check it every day, you're going to see it go up, down, up, down. You're going to be like, what's going on? But if you look at it like over a month, two month period, then you can see it's gradually going down. If yeah. you're doing the right things. The scale isn't going to help you lose weight. The kitchen is. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's nothing to do with like whether the number is going up or down every single day. It's like what you're doing every single day. There's also so much more to it too. So like if you're doing like a little bit of weighted training, you're going to yeah. get more muscle, lose some of the fat, but muscle weighs more than fat. So it looks like you gained a pound or two, but you actually didn't because you yeah. lost that fat and you're getting leaner. Not just that, but around your period, you gain around like five, sometimes 10 pounds of water weight. I've seen five mainly, like five pounds with patients. And it's so depressing because like they'll lose one or two pounds finally for like the first time ever. Mm -hmm. And then their period will come and they gain five pounds. And I'm like, girl, it's fine. Like It's just your period. Like forget the scale. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. That makes more sense. That makes sense. Doesn't that make you feel better? It's like totally normal. That and working out. So all of these are like affecting the scale. So what's the point of weighing yourself? Yeah. You know? many side effects yeah yeah it will make you sad and then you'll feel like you haven't done anything and then it's like why you have done lots of stuff so like yeah yeah what are some of the ways that you've kind of pushed yourself through these difficult moments do you have advice for sisters who are listening um well you know whenever i heard or read a story of somebody reversing their symptoms that always helps um, because I'll always think, oh, like this doesn't have to be this like endless thing. Um, because I think, especially when you first are diagnosed, it does feel really daunting and it just feels like like a doomsday. It's just like, that's that. <laughs> Sorry, you're just like going to be fat, won't be able to have kids. And like, bye. What and the hell? Fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my so, God. <laughs> I think, like seeing people who kind of have managed it um, and felt better about themselves will make me be like, okay, I just have to try more. Then honestly, I really will think like, have I actually put the effort in? Like, am I really trying or am I just kind of more so complaining and moping um, versus saying, okay, I really did at least a year of gluten and dairy free. I really did like this uh, serious cutback on sugars and things like that. Like, am I actively doing that? Even, um, I had saw something you had said about fruits and I was eating more fruit before and now I haven't been. And it's just like, I still take some in, but just not as much because I'm a little bit more conscious. I'm trying to kind of understand the amount of sugar I have in the day, basically. Mm -hmm. like yeah. just mm -hmm. take, take note of it um, because I think you can think that you're doing all this really great work and then you take a look at your day and you're like, oh, wait, I had soda and then I had some fruit and then later on I had coffee and I put some sugar in it. And it's like all of these things yeah. that are affecting you and you're, but you're thinking you're living a really normal life. You're like, what? Yeah. Because be what my friend's doing it, why can't yes. I do it? And you're like, well, your life is just not like theirs. So um, everyone around you is doing it and then it makes you feel like, you know, I should be doing it too. But yeah. yeah, you're right. Like we're not like other people. So what? You know, we're like we are like one in 10 women who have PCOS. And that's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So te technically, we're not like, you know, weird. You know yeah. I mean? yeah. One in 10 is like a lot of people in the world. I mean, they say one in five in the U.S. Oh, in the U.K. it's one in five. In the U.S. it's one in 10 is what I've read. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but still maybe. And then it said I read like it might be one in five. 
but it's like not confirmed. Because well, it's so underdiagnosed. It's as so well. underdiagnosed. It's probably one in five. So we're not that strange. No, <laughs> yeah, not at all. no, completely. And I, I do think what you guys said it is underdiagnosed because I always think that there's um, there's not enough understanding around period health. And yeah. That like I just think periods are taught to you like when you're a little girl is in school. It's just like you're gonna get this thing and now you can get pregnant and that, that's and you're gonna be like in pain. And so when you become an adult and it's like there's PCOS, there's fibroids, there's like all these other things that can happen. Um, you really don't know where to go or how this could have happened to you. So it's true. I do meet people that I know have some form of PCOS or some kind of irregular period and they're not going to a doctor at all. They're not thinking anything of it. They're not right. trying to fix this thing. Um, and so I think it's like there needs to be a new education system overall yeah. for women and just what our bodies can do. People don't even know that you can fix it, that like you can get irregular periods again, naturally without medication, with some supplements. Ovacetol is crazy. Like it's gotten so many women to have regular periods along with changing their diet. And like no one even knew about it until I was, we started screaming about it from the rooftops. We're yeah. like, everyone take this. Yeah. Like, what the hell are we doing? No, you and, know? And it, and it is easy. And the thing is, it's like, I started taking Obasan now on month four of taking it. And it's like, once you kind of just adapt it into your lifestyle, it is very easy to just, and, and you have to just be looking at it as like, I'm taking care of myself. I'm like, even, yeah. um, I decided to do, this was like my experiment. I just wanted to see, because I think you guys had had a guest that was talking about um, gluten and dairy free, that for her, dairy is still okay. And that's the thing, I do see some, I guess, other pieces of advice. Some people do say dairy is okay. Other people don't. It's like this very back and forth. I've even seen people say no eggs, no dairy, oh, yeah. like none. And I'm like, really? And so it's like, you really do have to do an element of your own experimenting. I think though across the board, what I do see is like no gluten. gluten just oh yeah. And dairy, I see that across the board too. Yeah, dairy I've definitely seen affect a lot of people um, in, di in different ways with like skin and, and just like the variety of it. But only recently did I even start to do true experimentation on like finding dairy-free cheeses that I like only now. Yeah. And, but it's like, that takes a while, I think, to even want to adjust <laughs> to that because cheese is on everything and people love cheese or they love dairy in general. Um, but I think that there's so many, like there's so many coconut or almond alternatives to stuff that you don't have to do mm -hmm. dairy so much. Um, but the gluten one, I think has, I've seen the biggest, uh, I guess just help. In, in my actual lifestyle mm -hmm. um, because I could like, I used to feel really tired after I would eat, like extreme tired. And now I don't feel that way after I have a meal. Um, and so I just feel like I'm like, I think it's just my overall adjustment on <laughs> gluten-free in general. So I'm, I'm very much like, just go gluten-free if you, more than anything, or start there and then work your way up. Like if going, if doing both at the same time, whenever I've had conversations, I'm like scares people because it does. Then I'm like, we'll try one and then see if you can then add the other because you've like achieved the one more than anything. Um, but or um, in the past, I've done detoxes that kind of will help you kickstart that. Like it takes out everything, essentially. 
Um, even though it's kind of like short, it's not a realistic lifestyle, but it will at least help you to kind of get used to seeing the effects of things on your body. Yeah. Like a kickstart. Yeah. yeah that's how I see them. I'm, Cause I'm like, I think what happens to people is you get so used to what's happening when you eat certain things or when you drink certain things that you're not thinking anything. It's only when you take it away that you start to realize, oh, wait, that actually was making me feel really sleepy or making me feel really anxious. Um, but if they never take it away, then they just won't get to see it. So you're like, you gotta, right. something has that, you gotta like do a weekend off or something before you can <laughs> make yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, so many times we get used to that same feeling of like feeling bloated or like, you know, you eat a lot of gluten, then you feel like tired, which like, even the coffee, right? Like you, you're like, you're craving coffee, but like naturally a human body shouldn't require coffee to get through the right. day. It's most likely because you're not getting enough sleep or like you're having adrenal fatigue issues. Yeah. Just like, so everything we take these days that are like supplements and they shouldn't be like part, like they shouldn't be considered part of your daily regimen unless like it's something you enjoy, you know, if it's helping you. Yeah, totally. No, I can And sleep. I'm like really strict on sleep. I'm like, I always people, I'm like, you have to have sleep. Like if you're really not the least I get is seven hours, but I'm like, I'm so strict on like seven to eight hours. Of sleep. <laughs> We're really the good. same way. I feel you have like. to be. Yeah. Like I, if you listen to this doctor, Matthew Walker, he'll like scare the crap out of you. Cause he just talks about like, if you don't get enough sleep, at least seven hours, like all these side effects over 30 years, like with mental health and all this crazy stuff. And I was like, Oh, you know what? We're stopping any, <laughs> No but I see days. it. That's the thing. I've seen it. I've, I honestly see people that I'm like that struggle with sleep. And there was once a time when I, my sleep schedule was way off and crazy. Damn. And I was a mess. Like, I think I was productive. I was not productive at <laughs> all. I was just like a mess of a person. And yeah. so after that time, I had to like, I felt like a baby. I had to like retrain myself. And now mm. I'm like so, so strict. But it doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I always tell people this. I'm like, I'm getting seven hours. So. Good. Don't wake me up. Yeah. <laughs> we're the same way ever since Sirak quit his other job. Yeah. I'm like, we're sleeping eight hours. Don't so wake me up early to work early. Like, we, we'll work a little later. I'm yeah. sleeping eight hours. Yeah. But you and really I, see the difference on it. Like, it is health, right? Like, if you take your sleep seriously, you're going to see the difference. And I, I definitely, especially for, for women with PCOS, I'm like, you have to sleep. Like, that is a big, big part of it. Because our bodies are so fragile. And so it's kind of like, you have to listen to it. Like you, if it's, if you're feeling sleepy, go to sleep. Don't just be up and trying to push through. By mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometimes melatonin helps and so on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the topics I wanted to ask was like, if you don't mind me asking, like in your like dating life, how has it been like explaining PCOS or like, oh, has it, has it, good question. has it come up or like when you, when you on a date, like on a restaurant, do any, does anything, does anything come up? No, whenever I, like, I always eventually talk about it it's always like something I eventually talk about or bring up because I do think it affects me a lot and um and the ups and downs of it like I said I've had a lot of moments where I was super uncomfortable in my body and so naturally it's going to affect your dating life because you have to say something I've never dated a guy though that actually knew what I was talking about like it's always <laughs> for them to hear about um, and then they then have the same journey, I think, as the women. At first, they're like, oh, wow, okay, what? This sounds awful. <laughs> like, this just sounds like a nightmare. Um, and then they adjust with you, which is great. Like, at least the, my experience, like, if they are a good partner, I think that's, like, 
it's for like all the people that are like dating right now. It's like best you can tell they're a good partner. If they'll just <laughs> uh-huh. with you, like they'll take your PCOS seriously. So they understand that um, you need certain things or you don't, or you can't have them or you can. Um, and they'll also take seriously your mental health symptoms because that's a big part of PCOS for me that I think people don't always link is it's like you there's a mood thing with you. Like you're definitely going to have an element of sadness or anxiety. Um, and it could just be because you feel out of control of your life and you feel out of control of your body. And so I think dating will be such a challenge if you don't explain to someone that this is like a thing, that this is yes. just what, what you're dealing with. And, and Right. Yeah. It's sorry. It's, it's also like a great way to see how the person is like going to be towards you. Yeah. You know, like if they can understand PCOS and learn with you, then that's a good sign that they're going to do a lot of things with you, like learn and adjust along the way. Yeah. And patience, because at the same time, it's like, if you have a partner, like if you say you're complaining about your weight gain or your body, and if they're just like, well, lose weight, and that's all they say, then you're like, oh, this ain't the one for me. <laughs> they don't get it. They don't. They don't want to get it. This is out for us because it's, it's way different. It's not like this. And so, um, yeah, I, I try my best to, like I said, I, I definitely make it something that I openly feel comfortable to talk about because I think um, I've had... I feel like the symptoms where I, like I said, I've had fatigue where I'd all of a sudden like need to take a nap in the middle of the day and like, just like shut down completely had where I felt like my body was just my enemy. And I've also had times where I felt super depressed. And so I always just think whoever's around me has to understand that this is something that I deal with because, um, and then I'm navigating, not navigating like, oh, this right. is just like a death sentence but that i'm trying my best to figure it out but it is like yeah and a supportive partner would help you navigate not mm-hmm. like you wouldn't sit there and complain and he wouldn't sit there and judge and you would try to navigate and he would try to assist and then like eventually you'll figure it out if you continue navigating and assisting that's the concept <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And honestly, I'll say this. It's like my mom always thinks maybe because I'm in entertainment, she's like the adjustments that you have to make. She's like, that's a blessing. You can't eat gluten and dairy. She's like, that's a good thing. You should go on long walks every single day. Those, these are positives. Like, yeah. yeah. it's really once you come out on the other side and you're used to the lifestyle changes you're like i feel so good this is a blessing to even have had pcos look at all of these great lifestyle and diet changes i've made that other people can't get themselves to do because they don't have a sense of urgency like i do and now i have this really healthy life and i'm avoiding a lot of long-term illnesses you know what I mean? Like that other people might be, might get eventually because they weren't as diligent as you have to be with PCOS. Yeah. Yeah. It forces you to take a look at your life and take a look at, and take your body very serious in a right. way that, um, that I don't think I was paying attention to truthfully and that I haven't seen my friends have to pay attention to. And yeah. so I think that's, those are like the silver lining, like that you can look at like negatives as a positive when it comes to the diagnosis of it, that it's like, it's going to force you to do these adjustments that are a good thing. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's a good perspective. I mean, speaking of your industry too, like, did you feel like you you saw a lot of like more negativity, like because of like the diet culture and stuff like that, that made you think otherwise? 
Well, you know, it's like, it's popular to do diets, obviously, as, as an entertainer, like entertainment overall, people are constantly wanting to do something like that. But I think what is made me feel insecure was that you feel really out of control with your weight gain. And this is a business where people are like losing weight whenever they feel like it. Like, right, yeah. you know, it's like I, I, you go to a party and just get caught up talking about losing weight. Like, you know, and so to be kind of in a place where you don't necessarily feel in control of that part of yourself um, yeah. can feel a little daunting. I'm trying my best. Like this year has been more so the year where I'm like, just to feel grateful for my body versus sad about it or negative about it. Because I think that also affects how it functions, truthfully. Yeah, it affects Yeah, the way you talk about, it, talk about it, talk to it. Um, and so I think that you can have a lot of times, um, because I tell actors this all the time, that I'm like, you can't get into acting hoping that it will give you confidence. You actually have to have confidence already because you oh, get yeah. rejected so often that if you think you're going to go to an audition and now they're going to like boost your spirits, it's like you just are in the wrong business. So I'm like, it's kind of the same I have found in terms of auditioning in general, when you're kind of going through an uncomfortable body stage is you unfortunately have to kind of like fake it as much as possible. Cause if you try and go in and think that you're, you know, okay, I'm just kind of handling this as much as I could, or I'm covering up you look uncomfortable. You don't look like somebody who's like happy with themselves. Um, yeah. So that's why I'm like, this year has been my year of just being like, let's just be grateful for our body. Let's not put so much pressure onto it yeah. Um, yeah. to be this thing when I'm, I'm never really giving it a chance to just be what it wants to be. Just like yeah. let my body live in the world yeah. and yeah. take care of it as much as possible and not worry so much that it's I'm not a size zero and it's not this and it's not that, but rather, like you said, where it's like, you're not even looking at the scale. It's like, you just want to be in a place where you're like, I'm yeah. just living every single day and I'm glad to be here. Yeah. You would be surprised how much easier it is to lose weight with that mindset rather than obsessing over the scale and, oh, I'm not size zero and so on. I mean, I think it shows because like, honestly, sorry, Tony, yeah, you look yeah. great. You're like glowing. You look beautiful. <laughs> like, honestly, I think it's true. <laughs> That you don't have yeah. to like you don't have to put that pressure on yourself. You know? He turns to me, he's like, sorry, Tali. One of my friends did a video and I I swear I should ask her. I have no idea if she has PCOS or not, but she did a video and her whole video was like how I lost weight on from having a positive mindset. And the video was just like, I just stopped overthinking. And then I said, Yeah, wait. And I was like, that's the truth though. Like the more pressure you put on your body, and as I said, I've had like gut issues, and even that, um, one of the doctors that I've spoken with, he was kind of like, I'm sure you're very stressed out when you are thinking about food. And I was like, I am. And he's like, and that in itself is playing a role in how your gut is reacting. Yeah. And in like the permeability. Like, it's, it's like you have, you have to, as crazy as that sounds, like as much as you can have the most relaxed lifestyle ultimately with PCOS because stress affects us greater than somebody else. Um, and stress affects every person very badly, mind you. So to have the kind of body where it's really like shooting up, then you have to just be like, okay, I have to find ways to be happy. I have to find ways to be grateful. I have to find ways to um, be comfortable. And so that means like being as relaxed as I possibly can. Amen. Like, yes. <laughs> Sister. Yeah. Totally. totally. <laughs> 
I'm here. I'm like showing all my nightly rituals. I'm like, let's relax. It's after seven (laughs) o'clock. No one bother me. I'm like, I light an incense in the morning. I light one in the night. I'm like, I write down, I have like a gratitude journal. Like I'm constantly finding ways to just be like, you just have to be calm, right? You just have to be calm. That cortisol, that belly fat that comes from high cortisol, it's not worth the stress. Exactly. (laughs) Talia had me doing the gratitude journal for like three days. I think that's all, that's how long it lasted. I don't know. (laughs) It was like right before going to bed, I'm going to write like a whole two pages. I'm like, no, after three days, I couldn't do it. I have it in my phone and I try to make it this easy. Like I just try to make my gratitude like notes rather like just it could be just one thing and it could be at any time of the day. Um, I try my best though to make it the first thing I do because, you know, you naturally will look at your phone when you first wake up or if you have a really bad habit. Um, For me, I try that if I'm going to, then the first thing I have to do is actually write something that I'm grateful for versus kind of like getting to emails or getting to texts or whatever you'd be looking at. Um, And and it's helped me. I can say that it's helped me to, um, especially when I'm like pissed off, I have to write something I'm grateful for. And it like Mm -hmm. calms me down right away. So (laughs) good. I know. Doesn't it just change your mind so instantly? It's a great action step for the audience. Slows your mind down. Yeah. When you get off this podcast, Do a gratitude journal. Do a gratitude journal. Make it a habit. (laughs) The simplest way of losing weight with PCOS. Calm down and do a gratitude journal. (laughs) Well, it was so lovely chatting with you and interviewing you today. We're so grateful that Mm -hmm. you came on our podcast. Yeah, it was was honestly an honor to have you here and like talk to you one-on-one. Let the sisters know like your journey. We really appreciate you sharing that with everybody. And just to let everybody know that like, you know, PCOS can affect everyone and just yeah yeah we're not alone in this you guys as I said I think you guys are killing it I think your information is great I think the consistency (sighs) is great so please keep keep just keep doing it just yes we're here for motivation thank (laughs) you (laughs) thank you so much Alrighty. So bye sisters. Thank you for listening to the episode. Uh, this was Andrea Lewis. Uh, look out for her uh, documentary film coming out in the fall. Her name, uh, the name of the documentary is called social beauty. Alrighty. Bye sisters. See you guys next week. Bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to come check out the sisterhood. It's my monthly membership site where sisters just like you are learning how to move through the stages of PCOS from stage one, cold and alone at the doctor's office to stage five, nailing the PCOS lifestyle, gluten and dairy free. Get ready to finally feel in control of your body again. Sister.